Welcome to the Boho Business Guide podcast. I'm your host, Olamide Michelle, artist turned attorney obsessed with helping you build and protect your brand online. If you want to feel motivated, educated, and ultimately inspired to create the life you desire, then grab a seat or listen on the move and get ready to experience your business transformation. All right, it's a beautiful Friday. I love recording when it's sunny out and my energy is totally lifted. And I think it's completely aligned for today's topic. I'm here with Dr. Tracy Asamoa, and she's going to be talking to us about something very important and very, I think, dear to me because I'm all about mindfulness. And you guys know how much I love balance in all things. So Tracy, thanks so much for being here and go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited that we're getting a little chance to talk on this Friday, almost afternoon. It's not quite afternoon here yet. (laughs) I am a physician coach and a child and adolescent psychiatrist. And I, in my my day job is child and adolescent psychiatry. I focus on the mental health of kids and adolescents and support their families. But a few years back, I realized that I actually really did miss working directly with adults and specifically women and knew that it was not something that I was going to do in my private practice because I had spent my entire career working with kids and adolescents and I was not looking to kind of re-educate and relearn how to support adults. And so I decided that I really was interested and being supportive of women who were struggling to figure out how to balance their work and their lives and to understand their roles. And so I investigated coaching and discovered this whole amazing area of physician coaching. And so with that, I support women who are feeling stuck and I help them redesign their lives to save time and energy and to find meaning and purpose in their work. And so I've been doing that for the last couple of years. And I'm also, you know, I say physician women because that's just the group that I know and it's a group that I can find. But um, I've also been exploring a little bit with working with other women professionals who are struggling similarly because I think there's a lot of commonalities between what we're all dealing with. Um, But yeah. No, I love it. And, you know, you touch on something really important and that's about having that niche, having that specialty. You've done such wonderful work with children and, you know, as a psychiatrist, but also you were realizing that you had another area of your your life that you wanted to fulfill. And I think sometimes when we are focusing or going down a path, we feel like we can only have one calling, but it looks like you might have a big calling with like umbrella, right? With like different songs and nooks underneath. And I think that's a good way to reflect and visualize when we're trying to figure out what we want to do with our profession. And I think you've found a good way to balance both needs for yourself and your clients. So yeah, a hundred percent. Well, thank you. And it's interesting because I used to think, and I, I had this very kind of concrete limiting belief that being a physician meant showing up a very certain way. Right. You know, I was seeing lots of patients, super busy working in hospitals or clinics or, and, and, and that, and, or doing research, which I knew was not my path, but I had this very concrete idea and, and it started early, you know, early in my education where when I decided I wanted to become a doctor, you know, that was the end point. When I made it, I would have reached my goal. And I've completely switched that. I'm like, no, that was actually just the starting point for me to figure out how to use this skill set and knowledge base that I've, and this expertise that I've gained over these years to really do what I am meant to do here. And yes, yes, some of that is working with families and, and kids and adolescents and helping them deal with psychological issues. But some of that is also supporting 
women who are struggling with finding their own kind of peace and purpose and figuring out how to balance a lot of really challenging, demanding, difficult roles. Like I, and I realized that like I have skill sets that can be used to do different things. I, there's no reason right. to be limited. And so being able to see different parts of your life, not as endpoints or the end game, but as starting points or launching pads can be a game changer. Exactly. Wonderful. And yeah. I think what's really beautiful about that is like leaning into your gifts. I actually did an episode a little bit while, a while ago with another coach and she, we talked about leaning into the gifts. And I think that's what yeah. you're describing right yeah. now is that your gifts are technically transferable skills. You hear that yes. word like resume or in a job application, but as an entrepreneur, those gifts can be different products and services, but they're Absolutely. all coming from the same talent and the same passion. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Tracy, for sharing a little bit more about what you do. And we'll definitely be sharing where people can connect with you at the end of the episode. But today we're going to be talking about what I think is a nice little unique topic. It's actually the title of a recent blog. So if you guys are not following her, subscribe, make sure you do that because she has some really helpful content out there for managing stress, managing your life. And we're going to be talking about mental spring cleaning, which, you know, it's April right now. It's the start of spring. Everything is in bloom and we're in that phase of transition. Why don't you give us like the high level overview of what mental spring cleaning means? Yeah. Well, you know, spring is my favorite time of year. It's it's it like spring and summer kind of jockey for first position, but because of the heat, I think I usually want to choose spring, even though here in Austin, it's already been 90 degrees. So we're oh, already wow. feeling like summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just love this idea of feeling like after you know, kind of the darkness of winter, you're waking up and it just feels like, you know, rebirth and blooming and opening up. And, and so I've started to use that as a time when I do a mental spring cleaning, where I really take a look at where I'm spending my time, how I'm spending my energy, and seeing if it's really aligned with what my values are, and with things that make sense with for me. And if I'm intentionally, um, choosing to do things that really are going to send me in a direction that I want to go or to accomplish a goal that I have set out for myself or just fulfill me in some way that bring me joy or that make me happy. And so I really think of spring as a good time to say what kind of has started to clutter my brain and what have I just kind of let slide and what things have become habits that aren't really habits that I need and what activities am I involved in that I need to let go of and use that as a time to like spring clean, like sweep out the clutter or get rid of yeah. the dust, you know, shake out the carpets, start new things that make more sense for me, or at least reimagine what I'm doing. And so that's really what the blog dives into. But it's really this idea of giving yourself a regular kind of planned time to actually decide if the way you're spending your time and energy makes sense. And okay. if not, then what do you need to do differently? Right. So I'm hearing yeah. some lovely Marie Kondo analogies there. It's like holding up the shirt and realizing, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't like this. Why do I have it? And it's so crazy because I did that with my earrings and I'm like, I don't even need this stuff. Why am I holding on to this costume jewelry? And the same can be said for yeah. our you know, business lifestyle, our practices. I'm always telling like my coaching clients, yeah. like, is this a good onboarding process? Are you wasting a lot of time? Let's just toss it. Or maybe the social media plan right. is good. Don't don't commit to it if it's not productive. So what are some things Absolutely. that we can actually do? I know that you pointed out like time as one of them. What's something we could do that's yeah. a simple practice to assess our time? Yeah, you know, one 
quick thing to do is to start, first of all, is you have to understand what your values are. Like you really do have to take a little, and this isn't the quick part, but this is like the foundational part. You really have to know what your values are, what's important to you, what are the things that kind of define who you are, because the quick parts come in comparing this thing that I'm doing either lines up with what I value or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, it doesn't need to be in my life. And so a good example I always use, it's really concrete is one of my core values is actually my health and well-being. Mm. Because if I'm not healthy and well, then I'm not, I'm just useless to my family, my friends, to my work. Like I can't put my full self into those places. And so I know physically and mentally taking care of myself is really important. And a couple of years ago, I realized that I would you know, I kind of wasn't very good about having work and life boundaries. I would kind of let it blend in. And so, you know, and this was pre-COVID. So my kids were at school. I would be working. I'd go pick them up. And then, you know, once they were settled, maybe after dinner, I would do some work on my laptop or, and I just wasn't doing a great job of having clear boundaries. My laptop was also then starting to follow me kind of into bed during my bedtime. And I, you know, and I, I've never been a super, super great sleeper unless I'm being very thoughtful about how I put myself to bed at night, how I kind of yeah. shut down for the night. And I stopped doing that. And I realized that this was a habit I'd gotten into, you know, bringing work to bed and sitting in bed with my laptop was just completely not aligned with who I was. And so I set up a very concrete, like nine o'clock, the laptop is shut off. Like it's shut off, it's put away. And whatever I do from that time on is in service of me getting ready for bed so I could get to bed on time. Um, right. You know, the, the, so that was the quick fix. When I looked at the time, that meant I had to be more intentional about how I was spending my time. And time is this really interesting thing, because when you spend your time doing something, it can quickly just, you know, snowball into taking up hours if you're not really <laughs> focusing on it. So you have to be, you have to be thoughtful and you have to be disciplined with how you spend your time. So it's, it's choosing those activities that line with your values that are important. It is also doing things like setting time limits. Like, you know, when I'm writing blogs, I may decide that um, today I'm spending you know, three hours, and I'm going to write the next, you know, three or four blogs for the month, and then I'll be done. And after three hours of my initial draft, I stop, okay. you know, and it has to and And so that means that I'm not working for perfection, I'm working for good enough, and that I'm not going to get distracted and go down rabbit holes online when I, re you know, find a topic I'm interested in, because I know I have to get something done. So I bu build structure around it, and I keep myself to it. Um, another thing that I've just learned about that I'm that I haven't quite mastered, but I'm so excited about, and maybe you do this, is batching, this whole concept of batching tasks. And I, and I know you and I have talked about that, and I'm getting better and I'm figuring it out, but it is really saying that I've now set a certain amount of time on Thursdays aside when I work on content. And it could be social media content, it could be content for my blog. So any writing that I'm doing, I have it set up on my calendar that on each given Thursday, this is the time that's set and I get and I set how many I want to get done. And then I know I have a month worth of blogs done and I've been focused and I have set a time limit around it. And then it frees up all this other time that I would have popped in and out of working on it at other points of the week. Because when you are not 
disciplined, and I don't even know if that's the right word, if you don't put a framework around what you're doing and put some scaffolding around it and put some container around it, then you're more likely to not really pay attention to how much time you're actually giving to it or how you're letting other things distract you from staying on task. And then all of a sudden, and I'm, I'm the I am the first one to do this. I will start researching a topic and then, you know, and I have the information I need for my blog, but then I saw this other little nugget that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And then I'm researching that and I'm like, oh, and then did you know in 1945 when they were, <laughs> and then I'm like looking at old pictures of kitchens from like, you know, turn of the century New York because, and I don't know how I got there, but it's now, you know, an hour and a half later. Right. And so, you know, it's not always a matter of um it's not always a matter of needing more time it's being strategic with the time that you have exactly. and being focused with the time that you have and so those are some really in, in, some really important ones another one another two that relate that i love so outsourcing and so this fits in so many different realms. It could be outsourcing if you have a business and you're an entrepreneur and you want to outsource certain things. Like I, I am, I've done, I've done this in the past. I'm going back to it. I, I have, um, I have, a. I, I will call it a copywriter, although it's actually, believe it or not, just my mom who's my copywriter. Wow. <laughs> because she works for free, or at least she works for taking care of my kids, and it's something that she's got a skill set for. And so instead of me having to go through and try to figure out how to do that, I can get a rough draft of something and send it to her. So I can outsource, you know, that sort of support to her. But I, people outsource all sorts of things, like social media support and, exactly. and website development and all of that stuff. But here's the other one that I I think is really important and interesting for like working parents and especially moms is like, you know, don't feel guilty about outsourcing anything you can in your day to day life. Like if you if you have young kids and you need to be able to work and you have the resources to hire someone to support you a nanny or, you know, a mother's helper, then do it. Like let go of the guilt. You're doing it because it's going to make you a better mom for them when you can truly give them the best of you when you have time to. You can focus on your work and get it done. I want to jump in really quickly. So you have like a yeah. bunch of really good tactical things. And I think for people listening, I want to do a little quick recap. So it seems like yeah. the big foundational thing that we need to focus on is the value, figuring out like who yes. we are as an individual, as a professional, as a woman, and what do we find most important? Once we can assess yeah. that, then we can look and see like almost like a plug and play game, which task mm -hmm. activities, um, lifestyle habits actually fit into those values. Because in a way, Obviously, everything is not going to line up. So we start getting rid of the things that are misaligned. And then once we have that, it looks like creating that discipline, which, you know, is a word we think about with yeah. like parenting or kids, and we don't really know how to discipline ourselves. Yeah. But when I'm listening to you, what I'm hearing is discipline for an adult as a professional is really setting boundaries and setting limitations without yes. restricting yeah. growth. It's like the boundaries that actually help yeah. you fly. Very ironic, right? So that's yeah. what I'm hearing from some of these yeah. examples. And then I think with your very last Absolutely. example, I think what's really cool is that the outsourcing thing is a way of showing you that sometimes you have to spend money to create more time and mm -hmm. opportunity. So sometimes it feels like, yeah. oh, well, I'll just pay, I'll just do my own moving instead of paying movers, you know, yeah. a few hundred dollars, like with my recent situation. And it's like, no, I don't yeah. want to do all that work. So I'm going to save my time and energy and just yeah. spend the money. So that's mm -hmm. just a nice little recap. Absolutely. I think you said some really important things. Yeah, thank you.
Yeah. So dive into your next Absolutely. point. I'm sorry yeah. to jump over you right there, but um, no, that's really good to recap because it was a lot of information. <laughs> As I often tell them, I think this is the by byproduct of being a psychiatrist and having done teaching in the past is that, you know, I can just go on and on and on. And, and I tell the kids that I work with, I'm like, and I'll stop and I'll say, that was a lot of words. <laughs> so let's stop and see, what do you, what do you think we just talked about? Tell me what you got from that. Let's make sure you understood all those words. And so that a recap right. is great. Yeah. Well, the, you're the creative, next so you have a lot to express. It's part of the gift, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So you just have to know how to work with it and harness it. <laughs> Uh, the, the other one of the other things that actually goes really nicely with outsourcing is delegating. And so mm -hmm. delegating to me is what you do. And again, if you people who work with teams and who have leadership positions probably understand this really well and, and have learned where their skills and strengths and weaknesses lie with delegating. But you could do this at home, too. And I do this with kids. And I talk to a lot of moms about this because I think a lot of moms aren't quite sure how comfortable they feel and how capable their kids are of being, being delegated to. So you could de obviously delegate to your partner. And so, you know, if you're married or have a partner or, you know, whatever your situation in co-parenting is, there's no reason that if you are, you know, a certain gender that you have to assume a certain type or amount of work in the home. And what we've right. seen during COVID is it's really uncovered that women still do the lion's share of caretaking and household chores and responsibilities and kind of household management, even when they're working equivalent hours and workloads to, um, and, and this, is in a this is in different gendered households. It probably shows up differently in same gendered households, but you know, that might depend on what your um, family of origin looked like and how you see your roles. Right. But certainly in different gendered households, mothers and fathers or women and men tend to hold those responsibilities very differently, independently of what their workload is. And how that has impacted, I think, women in particular is women have had less opportunities for advancement in their work. And they've had to either completely leave their positions or significantly reduce the number of hours they've been able to dedicate their to their careers and so you know a big part of delegating isn't just saving energy but it's really kind of preserving who we are and how we show up and being able to find support around that and so you know in and so being able to do that both both in the workplace but also at home and so just from a very tactical way when you have something that needs to get done and you break it up into parts find the people best suited to do those parts you're not always the one best suited or the one that has to do it so that just from a tactical standpoint saves you time because then you've given it to someone else to do. Find someone you trust and then let them do it. So don't micromanage to the point where you're spending more time trying to figure out how to get it done. At home, though, this is a part that I think is really fun. So when my kids were kindergarten, first grade, they started getting the responsibility of making their own lunches for school. Oh, and wow. okay. yeah, and so I started really young. And, and what it looked like back then, so and I, and I moved into it gradually. At first, it was... I would, and, and even their last year of preschool, they could, you know, they got to pick out what they wanted. And 
I would tell them, okay, we need a main, a fruit, and, you know, and, a, you know, something that's more of a snack. So what are the three things that you want? Um, and so then they would, you know, be able to tell me. So they learned how to plan. And then, you know, by the time they got to kindergarten, first grade, they had to pack everything but the main food. So I would still make their sandwich or their bean burritos or spaghetti or whatever leftovers. I would get that in the thermos and pack it and warm it for them. But they had to do everything else. And now, you know, and then by late elementary, they had to do it all. And, you know, they had to figure out what they want. They had to go and at night we would have a routine. Okay, after dinner, go make your lunches. I could be there and support and supervise, but they had to put it together. And now my kids are in middle school. And so I don't even know what they eat for lunch. Like <laughs> we, we buy the food, but the, the delegation is that in a, in, in a pace that they were able to do and that we were all comfortable with, they have taken more and more of that responsibility over. And it's the same thing about, it's the same thing when you co-parent, you know, you don't have to be the one that buys the groceries and makes a grocery list and cleans the dishes after dinner and prepares all the meal. Like let someone else do it, even if it's done imperfectly. So right. let go of expectations of perfection and the way that you would do it. And the trade-off is freeing up time and energy and stress, giving someone else a chance to assume a new role or responsibility and gain confidence in that and creating a cohesive working system and also acceptance of the way someone else does something may be different, but it doesn't mean it's worse. And so, right. you know, like so my key, yeah. there, because it's like, relinquishing that control is really tough, especially if you're an ambitious, high-performing, you know, Mm -hmm. go-getter type who's like building your business, working full-time. It is hard to just like let people do it, but you're right. It would save so much time and energy. And just like how you were mentioning that you're working for progress with like your blog and the types of work you're putting out there. It's also the same for how we delegate and work with others. Even if you're alone at home or if you have a full family, it's like, just realizing like it's yeah. all about progress, not perfection. So yeah, I exactly. Mean, I'm actually now more present to do other things with them. You know, maybe we can take a walk or maybe I just have the energy to sit and hang out with them because I'm not so stressed about all the things that have to get done exactly. because they're now doing some of it. And so and again, that ties back to your values because at yeah. the end of the day, somebody else might really get joy and feel fulfilled from cooking those meals. Absolutely. And they don't want to give it up because that's their love language and that's yeah. what they to do. So for people listening, I want everyone to kind of take away the fact that, you know, Tracy is not saying you can't do the laundry. If that's no, the thing no. that you want to do, then yeah. by all means do it. Um, and it's going to look differently for everyone, right? Different for yeah. everyone. So for you, your value is put more on the time, the quality time, the activities yeah. and not the like, yeah. you know, kind of menial tasks that are just kind of repetitive. So um, yeah, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And like you said, it's more, you know, I was just going to say, it's like you said, it's more about really digging into what your values are and knowing what do you want to spend time on? Like, like you said, like if you're someone who really enjoys like doing some of those things around, like if you are like a Marie Kondo (laughs) enthusiast and you love, great, please do it, you know, and post it so I can see pictures of it and copy you because (laughs) I need help from everyone and how to get all this done. But know what that is for you and make sure that those are the things that you're spending your time on. If you're doing something that takes a lot of your time and energy, make sure it's something that you really value and that you feel like is really serving you in some way that's meaningful. And and another um, spring cleaning thing that I mentioned in my blog that relates to this is that, you know, find the things that bring you joy. 
you know, and what brings you joy is going to be different than brings me joy or that brings you joy. And so, you know, whatever that is, let it look different. Let it be just you and make sure that you're plugging those things in too. And so for us, we actually share meal preparation in our house because everybody in our house likes to cook. And it, and, and so we all as a family kind of divide that process up. And I know some people who just like that's the last thing that they want to be doing is thinking about preparing another meal and yeah. and so the way that my family approaches it is very different like I think we probably spend more time researching recipes and buying ingredients and doing stuff from scratch than would be manageable for families who don't enjoy it because it does take up time and we take time away from other things to do that and so it is absolutely about understanding what's important to you and then understanding that value and then creating joy and creating choices and, and investing your time and energy in those things. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It seems yeah. like, you know, I definitely have my fair share of homework to do. I want to do some quite literal spring cleaning around my home, <laughs> get the plants together, get everything tidy. But I also have been reassessing my business processes or processes. Yeah. I never know exactly how I should be saying that word. And, um, you know, just kind of going from there for my lifestyle and also just revamping my morning routine because yeah. a lot of times our productivity gets stuck in what we used to do and now we have to change it. So you've definitely given me a lot to think about and reflect on. And I want people to know what you're going to be working on next and how they can connect with you. So please yeah. share where you'll be sharing most of your content and how they can essentially work with you. Yeah, well, I'm in a couple of places. If you really want to deep dive into the content that I'm kind of on a weekly basis putting out there, I have a blog that I have on my website, tracyasamoacoaching.com. And really my goal of the blog is to pro to provide kind of tips and life hacks just to understand how to help life go a little bit more smoothly, to find meaning, to, you know, to stop investing time in like those high energy burners that aren't getting you anywhere and to be really intentional about how you're spending your time and energy, but also in things that just help you understand and get awareness around the ways that we behave or develop habits or routines, you know, how our beliefs and our thoughts impact those things. So my blog is a combination of kind of insight, but a lot of like tips and ways to have your life go a little bit better. Um, I'm also on Instagram and that is where you can find kind of little snippets of some of the things I talk about in my blog. So happy you were able to catch this episode. I'd love your help with reaching more listeners, so do me a huge favor and rate and subscribe to this podcast. If you love any one of my episodes, be sure to share it on Instagram. Once you tag me at the Boho Business Guide, I'll be able to share your posts. So until next time, stay boho. It's different.